Hey, Mason, uh, I think we have a bad connection. I'm hearing this horrible buzzing sound. Connection's fine, Jeff. This is, it's my drone. <laughs> oh, damn. That's uh, that's annoying. Do you have to fly that right now? No, I guess not. Okay, fine. I'll land it. Hang on. There. Happy? <laughs> that's much better. What were you thinking flying a drone in your office? Hey, man, drones are fun. They also make great photos. So. <laughs> they do make photos and a lot of noise in a tiny space. They're kind of annoying as hell. I mean, people hate them. Yeah, they do have a bad rap. Maybe we should photocombobulate them. That sounds good. I know that it's something that I've really enjoyed using, but wow, there's a whole lot of stuff wrapped up into it. Just promise me you'll keep that thing quiet. Okay. Drones are incredible photography tools. Yeah, but some drone pilots are tools, too. Yeah, today we're going to talk about being (laughs) safe, respectful, and creative drone photographers. I'm Mason Marsh. And I'm Jeff Carlson. This is Photocombobulate. So I think you were the first person that I knew to own a drone going way back. And this is when drones were very new and it was this very, very small offshoot of an idea of a photographer who could attach a camera to this flying quadcopter. And to be honest, I'm really surprised how popular drones have become. Uh, especially with photographers. And I actually bought your old drone. So so mm-hmm. the drone that I have is a Mavic Pro, like Mavic 1, I guess you would call it. It's just the Mavic Pro. Yep. Um, great little drone. I don't fly it a lot and we'll talk about why that is. But for anybody who's thought about getting a drone, it's a really interesting way to capture photos. Gives you a, a totally new perspective. But man, is there a lot of baggage surrounding it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, I've been working on some drone articles for popular photography that will be coming out soon. So I've been thinking about drones a lot and reading about drones a lot. And I'd kind of gotten out of thinking about drones for a while because honestly, I, w- I, I just didn't want to be that guy, right? The guy at the park with the obnoxious drone. And I'm, <laughs> I'm really s- sort of self-conscious about how prolific drones have become in public places and how people feel about them. And now that I've been flying again recently, I sort of feel strongly that we need to figure out how to rectify the problems that drones bring along with their potential as awesome photography tools. I have made some photos in the last couple of weeks that are just astounding. I could never make them on the ground. There's just no way I could access the places that I photographed or got the perspectives that you get. So they're undeniably cool as a photography tool, but they're also undeniably obnoxious. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think people dislike drones for a lot of reasons that aren't really good reasons or or, or they're misconceptions. I mean, I think a lot of people think, okay, there's a drone, there's this flying camera in the sky so somebody's going to be looking in my window or they're going to be looking down at me on my house and it triggers that privacy thing. Someone is snooping. Someone has a camera that's pointed in my general direction. Now, the reality is if you're going to snoop through somebody's window 
especially – I mean you can tell just from our introduction how loud those are. Yeah. There's no way – Hardly any way that anybody's going to be able to do that because in order to see in a window, you got to get really close. The the lenses are really wide. Nobody is going to use this to snoop on you personally. And so then it becomes this issue of just general annoyance. Like you said, that guy in the park. And there are lots of those that you run into. And so then the question is, is this something that people just put up with? Is that guy really being obnoxious? And it's funny. People say drones are a problem because drones are noisy or whatever. And I would argue that 90 percent of the time the drone isn't the problem. It's the person using the drone that's the problem because they don't know how to use it. They don't know how to use it legally. They're using it in an annoying manner, all these things. And so for photographers who really do want to use a drone – Suddenly you're, you have restrictions, whether those are legal restrictions or social restrictions or just that sense of I really don't want to be that guy. Right. And so, so maybe I'll just leave it in the car, right? Exactly. And, and there's been lots and lots of times where I'm like, ah, it's just not the right time you know, because I don't want to be obnoxious. There's a lot of people that don't have that filter. Right? <laughs> They're like, I bought this drone. <laughs> yeah. It's my right to fly. And there is this tension between – sort of being socially sensitive and you know respectful and also standing up for your right to fly or right mm-hmm. to take photos even and this this kind of straddles this line between you know being obnoxious and noisy which I'd put into the camp of like Harley Davidson owners, right? <laughs> people that drive loud motorcycles, people that drive loud cars, people that use uh, gas-powered leaf blowers, you know, all of these things are noisy and obnoxious and everybody that has one has a right to operate it. The problem is should you? You know, is it is it always appropriate? Now, I I don't have a Harley Davidson nor do I have a, a leaf blower, but if I had either of those things, I probably wouldn't roll it on out at 7 a.m. <laughs> on a weekday, it's like cranking, cranking up the noise, and so that I'm not, I'm not that person that's looking to be obnoxious. But there are a lot mm-hmm. of people out there that are looking to be obnoxious, and so it's created this this problem where drones are seen as they're just not worth having around socially. Last week, I received a link from a friend of ours saying that hey, the Oregon State Parks Department is going to be adopting some new rules around drone usage along the Oregon coast and in all the state parks in Oregon. And now's the time ah. to make some comments about it. And I'm like, great, I want to go make some comments. And so before I went to make the comments, I read the comments that had been already submitted. They had a long list of comments. 90% of them were drones don't belong in the state parks. They're obnoxious. They're dangerous. They're, they scare off the birds. They scare off all the wildlife. They're hazardous to people on the ground. All of these pretty valid Complaints, and if if the state were looking for a decision from the public comment, they would just decide to prohibit drones in the mm-hmm. parks. But they've already suggested that the rule change will be that drones will be restricted in some parks in some areas, but allowed in others, and that may be seasonal based on bird migration patterns and things like that. And so they're trying to to accommodate drones, but also mitigate some of these concerns that people have. But the comments that I'm reading were like, hell no, drones don't belong at all in the parks. They should outlaw drones and all of that. And so I had to write a big long comment about, I understand these concerns, but drones allow me to make photographs that I can't make on the ground. And I can make these photographs if I'm doing it respectfully and I'm doing it 
with thought as to the impact it has on the people and the wildlife in the area, I can actually make photographs of this stuff without making an impact. Whereas if I tromped out there and trample all these plants and cut a trail out to this spot, you know, that's, that's obviously more of an impact. So there is this perception that drones just are awful and we have to combat that. And part of that is the fact that there isn't good information out there from, you know, people who own drones as to what Mm -hmm. their value is. And the other part of that, the flip side of that same coin is a lot of people that operate drones are just dicks. You go up to them and you talk to them while they're operating, you know, while they have their drone or they bring their drone in and they're packing it all up. You're like, hey, that's cool. That's a drone. And they're like, yeah, whatever. Leave me alone. And then they sell these shirts and vests now that you say, I'm a drone operator. Don't bother me. Like, seriously? Yeah. Wow. One shirt I saw said, yes, it's my drone. Yes, it's expensive. No, you can't touch it. All these things on it. And this idea that I have a right to fly (laughs) my drone and I'm just going to go ahead and be obstinate about it. That doesn't help. It doesn't help uh, no. our case. <laughs> Not even remotely. Yeah. As drone photographers, we want to be absolutely transparent with people and be like, hey, this is why this drone is not a good spy tool. Check out the, you want to see what the view is like? <laughs> you know, it's a wide yeah. angle view. <laughs> Everybody I've ever done that with out in public, they're like, hey, what does it look like from there? Hey, check, you can look over my shoulder while I fly. I'm totally cool with that. Yeah. And they go, wow, that's really wide angle view. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not looking at people through their windows. I can't, you know, even if I wanted to. Now that said, I will say this, Jeff, this new drone, the one that we were just flying, the Mavic (laughs) three that I'm, that I'm Uh reviewing for pop photography, it's got a telephoto camera on it and it actually could kind of spy a little bit, but it's Ah. not, it's not high quality. (laughs) It's really just an extra camera they threw on there, but there is a door opening now where the technology is getting to the point where it's possible to use this as a spy thing. But Mm -hmm. we already have cameras, really, really good cameras. Some of them are phones (laughs) that have telephoto capabilities now. And so would I have a better opportunity to spy on somebody from the air? Maybe a little but I also could sit out in front of somebody's house with a 600 millimeter lens pointed through their front window if I wanted to. Yeah. No, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. You know, <laughs> people aren't talking about that. <laughs> I suppose they should. Yeah. Yeah, they, they probably should. Well, uh, let me bring up a perspective from across the border. So I live in Washington state. And in Washington state, this is actually not a very good place to live if you want to fly a drone because – all those prohibitions that you mentioned are are in place here and they have been for a while. So I, for example, I cannot go to any park, any city park, state park, can't launch or, or fly from there. I believe – I would have to do more research on this. I think maybe this was proposed but even – I think – there was an argument about um, streets and sidewalks because those are city-owned that that you can't necessarily uh, launch from there. There are legal restrictions and there are little things where if your house is next to a park, you can launch from your house and fly into the park. Mm-hmm. You just can't take off or land from the park. Correct. And if I'm going to fly my drone in Seattle or in Washington State, what I do is – I I go out on my back deck and I fly straight up and I basically stay in my my own airspace Mm -hmm. 
which is like like here to 400 feet up is the legal ceiling. And, and I live in Seattle. I could remove that ceiling if I wanted to in software and go up even higher. But I'm also in a high air traffic area. Right. So I I don't want to be <laughs> interfering that, that or, would be or, illegal. or get <laughs> – Get a call from the FAA or anything like that. And so I have this drone. I don't fly very often. If there's a spectacular sunset and I catch it at the right time, I can send it up. And I've made some really great images. I'll I'll put a couple in the show notes. But I basically just have like this one 360-degree perspective. So it's great when I get to go somewhere where there are fewer restrictions, but it's not like I can just go down to the the city park or the school and just fly my drone around because you just can't do it. The other side of this is if you have done the training and you have a license, a commercial license to fly, like that's a completely different deal. And there are different situations. I know a guy who is a architectural photographer. Mm-hmm. He, he does houses and things like that. He flies a drone a lot because he's getting all the, the, the exterior views and, and the flyovers and the video and all that. But that's at a completely different level because we are talking about someone who, you know, he's had to pay a good chunk of money for that license and get the training and checks the airspace and all of the the legal stuff that mm-hmm. is wrapped up in that. And I think that that's probably a different discussion than what we want to have today, right? Well, no, actually, I think it is part of the discussion we want to have today because the rules for uh, recreational and commercial drone operators are very similar. And yeah. I think talking about the rules, talking about what the law is, is a big uh-huh. part of this. And if people understood... I think if the general public understood what the rules are for drones, they would understand uh, when they see drones that are doing what they should be doing and seeing drones when they're doing what they shouldn't be doing. And knowing yeah. the difference between the two is um, is important because right now there's a lot of people who believe that if a drone flies over their house, they kind of have the right to shoot it down. You know, mm. they're like, it's in my airspace. You, you actually use that word, my airspace. And the yeah. The truth is, is the airspace is public. It's communal airspace. And so what? Yeah. I mean, I can't just shoot anything down. <laughs> when, in my- no, when I when I bought my house, <laughs> I do not own the sky above it. I do hear this a lot from people online and social media a lot. You're like, well, if you if you fly over my house, I'm, you know, I could shoot it down. I've posted videos and photos from drones and like, well, you better be careful that you don't go over my property. And it's like. You're talking about shooting down an air, an FAA certified aircraft. You know, it doesn't have a pilot on it. It's not full of passengers, right? You're not going to kill anybody by shooting it down, but you are making a federal offense. You are taking something that is annoying you and you're turning it into a, a federal crime. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. so let's, let's talk about the rules a little bit because the, the rules have changed and things have changed a lot since I started flying drones. And part of this is because there's a lot of people out there now flying drones. There's probably well over a million drones in the United States, which is astonishing. Now, that's how many drones have been sold and registered. So right now we're over 900,000 Drones that are registered with the FAA. Now, there's a lot of drones that don't need to be registered, the smaller ones. And so there's yeah. easily over a million drones in the U.S. How many of those are in lakes and the ocean? I don't know. <laughs> I have also a met a lot number, of people sure. who are like, oh, I used to have a drone on my third flight. It went into the lake. You know, and it's like, well, um, yeah. yeah, there's that. <laughs> so there aren't any solid numbers on how many drones are still flyable, but it's a lot. So that's why we have these rules, because almost everybody who wants to fly a drone... It wants to do it near people. 
usually people like you who live in the city would like to be able to operate their drone without driving three hours to get to some sparsely populated areas. So here are the general rules. And we're going to put on the show notes for this episode, I'm going to put a little graph that shows what the rules are for recreational flyers and for commercial flyers. And there's a lot of overlap. To generally break it down, what is the difference between recreational and commercial? Let's let's do that first. For To be a recreational drone flyer, you need to be flying purely for the fun of it. That's the definition. Mm. Your intent is that you're out to have fun. Now, here's where people get in trouble. So I love... They put it in the lake. They put it in the lake and they say, well, that wasn't fun. No, no, that, <laughs> so, there's, there's that trouble, but I'm talking about the legal trouble with the regulation. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> bad pilotage is trouble too. Let's say you're a pretty savvy drone pilot and, and photographer and you like to fly around. A friend says, you know what? I'm going to sell my house. Would you come and take an aerial photo of my house? They just want you to do it and give them the, the file. You're not going to yeah. make any money from that, but you are not flying for fun anymore. You're now a commercial pilot. Let's say uh. you're a part of an environmental organization and they say, yeah, we would love it if you could fly over the wetlands and take some aerial photos for our pamphlet, commercial pilot. I'm flying around and I'm making some video and I'm going to use it on my YouTube channel, which is monetized, commercial pilot. I'm going to fly around making video and someone sends me a message on Facebook says, hey, I love that video. Can we use it? Commercial pilot, right? Because now wow. okay. it, you have left the realm of the intent was to have fun. There are even people out there who have gotten in a little bit of hot water with the FAA because they're photographers and they're like, hey, I use my drone to take some photos and I put them on my website. Commercial pilot. Your intention wasn't to have fun. Your intention was to put photos on your website to promote your photography business or yeah. to fo- yeah. even if you're not a professional photographer, to promote your photography now it's a commercial venture. And so the rule says to commercial versus recreational, it's almost always commercial. And if you're a commercial pilot, you need to be certified, which means you need to take a course and then you need to take a test. That's an FAA administered test, costs 150 bucks. Most courses cost 100 to 150 bucks. You're talking about a 250 to $300 investment beyond the price of the drone just to get your what's called the part 107 certification. So your unmanned aerial systems pilot's license, if you will. And I have this license. I got it years ago. It took me a while to study and it went to a flight center at the airport and took the test on a computer and all that. And they sent me this cool little card. It is something I need to keep up. I need to take refresher courses and I need to keep up with all the regulation changes and things to keep certified. And so I can sell my photos. I can do all of these things I mentioned that fall under the commercial realm. But the understanding is, is that because I'm certified, I understand all the rules. I have a card that says I passed a test that tested me on the ability to remember the rules. <laughs> hmm. It used to be that if you're a recreational flyer just flying for fun, you didn't have to do any kind of knowledge test. But that has changed. Now there's a test called ah. TRUST. It's an acronym. And it is a FAA-administered test that's done through a variety of, um, we'll call them concessioners, but I don't know what you'd call them, vendors. There's different organizations that have these tests, and it's all done online. And I took one yesterday just to see what it was like. All you have to do is register, and we'll put a link to the one that I did, which I thought was, was great. You register with this organization, 
you take this online course and at the end of each section, there's a little quiz and you have to get 100%. And at the end, you have a certification that you can print out that says you passed this course. I would liken it to how most states, especially here in the West, have boater registration cards or boater use cards. So if you're going to go out and drive okay. a boat around, you have to pass a safety course that shows that you understand what the rules are. Same exact thing. So no cost at all. You can take this course. It'll tell you what the rules are. You'll understand them. You'll pass this test. You get your card. Now you can be a recreational flyer. But if you haven't done that, you are not okay. Because if someone comes up to you like a park ranger or a cop comes up to you and says, hey, you flying your drone? You're like, yeah. I'm like, hey, can I see your trust card? And you're like, what? You're busted. So you need to take this and then you need to keep this card with your on yourself, either in your phone or, or in your camera yeah. bag or whatever. So there's that rule. And then with recreational and commercial pilots, there's also the basic safety rules. You mentioned 400 feet. That's our ceiling. We, we can't go 400, over 400 feet above ground unless we're flying over an obstacle like a bridge or something like that. And then we can go 400 feet above the obstacle. So if you're going to fly over a building and the building's 100 feet high, you can go 500 feet above the ground while you're over that building. You are only allowed to fly up to that point in uncontrolled airspace. So if you're near an airport, military installation or something like that, you might have a lower ceiling. And you might be in what's called controlled airspace. And we'll put a link in the show notes that talks about how to find out if you're in controlled or uncontrolled airspace. So even if you're flying recreationally, you need to check and make sure that where you're launching from, what the ceiling is, what you're able to do, if you're able to fly at all. Beyond that, you can't fly over people. You can't fly at night. You can't fly in a reckless or dangerous manner. <laughs> Right, <laughs> which which is a kind of kind of an umbrella that covers a lot of things, yeah. and you need to um, you need to have your uh, drone certified. And this is another one that's interesting. You need to go to a website that the FAA runs, and you need to register your drone, and you need to put a sticker on your drone that has this unique number on it, like its license plate. Yeah. And that way, if that drone crashes into something or crashes into somebody's skyscraper window or whatever, and they retrieve that drone, they're going to know exactly who owns that drone. And there's some trail of responsibility there that happens with that. So you need to have your drone registered. You need to be certified through this trust uh, test process. And you need to follow these rules, even if you're flying for fun. So it's interesting. One of the things I want to bring up before we get too far into the weeds on, on the rules, I think we probably covered <laughs> the rules, but before we talk too much more about drones, I want to talk about why they're worth all this trouble. That's exactly what I was going to bring up because you've pretty much convinced me never to launch my drone ever again. And why would somebody spend you know $1,000 on, on one of these things or $300, whatever? Mm -hmm. I mean, there, there are all sorts of different levels. Or $5,000. Um, or $5,000 for the Mavic, what, Mavic Pro That's the Mavic Cinema. 3 Cine, yeah. Mavic 3 Cine, yeah. I would hope that somebody who is piloting that will also get the license and everything. Absolutely. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise you're like the dentist who buys the most expensive Leica because you can, right? <laughs> no offense to any dentist. Well, it's there, actually but, funny uh... that you say that, Jeff, because I had some work done on my teeth last week and the dentist said, you know, over the pandemic, I got a drone. Mm. I mentioned that I was a photographer and he said, yeah, I got this drone. <laughs> kind of suppressed this. It's <laughs> so stereotypical. But he's like, yeah, I don't fly it much because I don't really get it. <laughs> You know, I'm scared. Yep. I'm scared of it, right? But if you knew all these regulations and rules, you'd probably be really hesitant to launch, right? 
Yeah, totally. One of the tiny thing I wanted to bring up was also the actions of idiots mm -hmm. have led to a lot of this. So in Seattle, I know somebody was flying a drone and they crashed it into the Space Needle. Well, here's this thing. It's, you know, it, it, it's an icon. Who knows if it did any damage? But suddenly people freaked out. They're right. like, well, no, we can't have people crashing things into this monument. So I think in large part because of that, the hammer really came down on what people can do. So now I don't want to launch my drone at all anymore because it all sounds too scary. So why? Why, why, why go to all this trouble other than drones are super cool – Mm -hmm. But are they worth it? Are they why? Are they worth a hassle? Like, why would I want to do this? <clears throat> you know, my answer is um, there are just a few times where having that different perspective, having the ability to park a camera anywhere in three dimensions and and make yeah. photos with it, and now with these newer drones, make really good photos with it. It is a really useful tool. It is a really because there are so many photos out there. To get something that's new and different, this is a great way to do it. That said, by following the rules and by being respectful of people, because there's the rules and then there's on top of that, this expectation that I have, this sort of standard that I have, that I'm not going to be obnoxious with my drone. So there's times where I could easily fly legally, but I don't because it's like, it's just, it's just too many people around it. And there seem like they're having a good time. And I don't want to you know, launch this thing. Now, here's the thing I found, yeah. though, flying this new one, this Mavic 3. Now, I have the Mavic 2 Pro. You have the Mavic 1 Pro. So they're all very similar in size and noise and all mm -hmm. of that. The propellers on the newest one, this Mavic 3, are quite a bit quieter, and the motors are quieter. And this drone, once you're about 100 feet up, you don't really hear it. I mean, you'd have to be a yeah. really calm day for you to, to hear it. And if you did hear it, it would just be this light buzzing sound. Back when I had my phantom those big white drones right remember that oh right those yeah. things it sounds like a swarm of bees at 300 feet up or 400 feet up you could hear it mm -hmm. and even with my mavic 2 it's pretty darn noisy especially when you flip over into sport mode and you kind of crank it up to 40 miles an hour and you're screaming down the neighborhood which right I sometimes <laughs> do it's like you know it's like what is that sound it sounds like a star wars type of sound but this new one is quite quiet and if you're just taking up taking photographs and you're not screaming around trying to race or do anything crazy like that once you're above 100 feet no one's going to know it's there so you're not yeah. disturbing anybody you're not disturbing wildlife i was out on the coast a couple weekends ago on the oregon coast and i flew out to an island it's offshore that has a lighthouse on it you can't get to this island on foot it's a lighthouse it that is so seldomly photographed because you can't get a good angle on it from most places on the part of the shoreline. It's very rocky and rugged. Mm. I was able to get out there and make some really amazing photos of this lighthouse. And I did it without bugging anybody. I launched from an area where there's no one else around. And I flew out over the water and then went up and flew to the lighthouse and made my photographs, flew back. I did not fly over any people. I did not fly over any bird colonies or do anything that would upset anything. And I got back and I was like, this, these photographs, no one else has these. These are mm -hmm. unique. They're great. I'm really proud of them. They're on my website. I'm thrilled with this particular set of photographs. That is one of those times where you're like, man, the drone is worth it because I've been wanting to get photographs of this lighthouse for a long time and now I can do it. Another case, and I would argue that this is an important case for people who get into drones and invest in all of that is they are a really great way to make some money. 
you know, if you get your part 107 mm. license, realtors, they need these. Video- Everybody expects aerial photos now of these houses yeah. and they expect aerial video of the neighborhood and the house. So when they go on the RLMS listing, they can see all of this stuff. Now, there are a lot of realtors out there that are flinging drones up into the sky and taking photos, and they're not certified. They're not doing it right. But there are a lot of them out there who are leery of being caught or being fined by the FAA. And so they're willing to hire people. And it's it's quick work. It's easy work. It's fun work. Flying drones is fun. Mm-hmm. So it's a great income potential if you're a commercial photographer. Even if you're not a commercial photographer, you just want a side business, flying drones can be a great, great way to make money yeah. with, with this. Yeah technology. Let me throw in a a technical complication that I ran into with with something like that. A friend of mine raises money for a a food bank. She's the the person who comes up with the campaigns for fundraising and all that. And here in Seattle, they recently built a new facility because the one they had was like really run down. So she asked, because she knew that I'm a photographer, that I have a drone, if I would be willing to do some overhead pictures of the spot where they were going to build and then, you know, and then like do some incremental, here's how it's progressing kind of thing. And could have been totally something that I could have done. Uh, it I would have been happy to do it for free because I'm helping the food bank. And I wasn't exactly sure of some of the implications of that. And so I, I reached out to, to this guy that I know who does do this sort of thing. And I said, here's the deal. I'm thinking about doing this. What am I not thinking about? Like, what am I missing? And he pointed out that even though I didn't have the license, I could probably still get away with it. Like, that wouldn't be a terrible, terrible thing. But the thing that I didn't consider is he's like, you need to make sure you are insured because if that drone comes down on something, if you get some some interference – this is in the middle of the city. You get some interference. It goes sideways. Uh, heaven forbid it lands on a construction worker or something like that, then you are in for a heap of liability. And so it's not just am I set to fly the drone? Am I set – do I have the license and the knowledge to do this? You got to have the insurance to be able to deal with a crash or something unexpected. Well, let me tell you, Jeff, if you're a drone operator uh, or if you're a commercial professional photographer – and you want to use your drone occasionally to make photos. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're a wedding photographer and you want to get that shot of the bride and groom and, and don't crash into them like that viral video. Like that one video. That one video. <laughs> that was right? the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> but there are a lot of wedding photographers like, you know, it would be really cool to have a quick clip of video uh, from a drone. Your commercial liability insurance does not cover your drone. There will be, oh. there will be a whole paragraph. There will be whole pages of exemptions. And I used to have some really crazy commercial insurance that covered uh, workshops. So I had rent vans, I could do all kinds of stuff and it covered everything but drones. <laughs> and it's, they said specifically, if you're operating a drone, we don't care what kind it is, how big it is, how small it is, you're not covered. So there is a company out there that does, I want to say it's called Verifly, but I would have to look it up. It's an app you have on your phone and you buy uh, insurance by the hour. Liability insurance by the hour, specifically oh, for drone flights. I'll put it in show notes. I'll, I'll do some research and put yeah, it in yeah. show notes. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. You need to have that liability. And uh, to go back to the rules really quickly, the FAA, if you're a Part 107 certified commercial drone pilot, you can fly over people as long as you're not loitering 
over them and you're not mm. parked over them hovering or circling or anything like that. If you're just doing a quick pass over them, you can do that. But it's against the rules to hover over people unless you're coordinating with them. So if, if you're gotcha. like, hey, wedding photographer, I'm going to do a group shot of everybody and we're going to circle around with the drone and do a cool video of everybody gathered up. And if everybody in, in there is cool with that, then you're fine. That's yeah. fine under the rules. Where it's not good is if you're potentially going to send a drone down on top of somebody who's not uh, aware of your <laughs> of your operations. Right. So having that liability insurance, super important, wow. but also following those rules will keep yeah. you out of trouble as well. I think yeah. that one of the things I want to mention here at this point before we move on, because I, I want to talk about how we can peacefully coexist with our non-drone friends, right? But I think mm -hmm. that one of the things that is important is when we share photos that we've made with our drones, whether we're commercial or recreational flyers, that we talk about that this was made with the drone. And the reason for that is when people see really cool photos that were made by drones, now drones have some value, right? One mm -hmm. of the comments in this Oregon State Parks rulemaking thing that I read was, I am not a drone pilot, but I think the photographs that drone pilots get are amazing. And I would hate for them not to have that opportunity. And I was like, wow, <laughs> you know, yeah. somebody believes. And I think that a lot of folks will fly drones and take photos and then they'll just post them and they won't say anything about, you know, how they captured the photo. I think it's important with the drone to mention that it was made with the drone and that you did it responsibly. You did it respectfully. And it's worth advocating mm. for that to people because the rules that you're under right now in Seattle, those rules were not made by the FAA. The rules that I talked about are FAA rules. Those apply to the air. All the rules that you're dealing with in Seattle apply to the ground. And the ability to launch and retrieve your drone from city parks, schools, the sidewalks, the street. Those rules were made under public pressure by people who were trying to create an environment where people could feel more safe and feel more less invaded. So yeah. it's our job to advocate as photographers and as drone appreciators to advocate for what drones can do for us and how if it's done properly they're good they're good things they're not going to bother anybody if it's done respectfully it's just it's just going to be a great way to make cool photos right another thing that i've learned having this drone is making cool photos the first time that you send a drone up you probably have in mind these big aerial photos. Drones are fantastic for being able to look down on you know, rocky coastlines and uh, patterns in uh, farmland. You know, my, my mom lives on a farm in California, and I was able to fly my drone as much as I want. Yeah. When I'm there, which is a whole, a whole lot of fun, and you know, and and be able to go up and you know have the squares of farmland and the trees and all like like all those those aerial top down kind of shots or big expansive vistas. But another thing to keep in mind, and this is also part of the fun, is being able to shoot a photo that maybe you would otherwise need a 15 foot ladder to get right. So it doesn't necessarily have to be this epic quote-unquote drone shot, it can be, I need to get this angle and I just can't do it unless I go rent one of those lifters or something right. crazy like that. Or a helicopter. <laughs> or a helicopter, yeah. <laughs> and, and so being able to throw your drone up, 
put it 20 feet up in the air, get the right angle is really kind of magical the first time you do it. And especially because, like you said, you've got that whole range of motion. You can you know, pan up, pan down, turn. And I think another thing to point out is we've gotten accustomed to this, but until you've done it, it's you don't quite realize the magic of this is the fact that with today's drones, you just – when you let go of the controls, it just stays there. It just parks itself in the air. Yeah. You don't have to you know, fiddle and, and, and keep it airborne or anything like that. And some of the shots that you've taken with that Mavic 3, you mentioned being able to take long exposures – from a camera that's hovering in the air and making micro adjustments at the time. Yeah. What's the longest exposure? Like like eight seconds eight or seconds. something you got at one point? Mm-hmm. That's insane. It is absolutely that's insane. That's just insane. Absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. Yeah. <laughs> it's astonishing. And so yeah. So there's a whole lot of creativity that's opened up by things like this. And the fact that you didn't have to do anything except you probably put it in like a, a tripod mode or something that keeps it a little bit more stable, I think. Actually, I didn't even have, have to do that in, wow. in the regular mode with this Mavic 3. And I think, you know, all of the latest drones, I, I talk about DJI drones because that's the ones that I have experience with. Yeah. But all the latest, you know, higher end consumer drones have this rock steady. That's, that's the, the really great thing about having four motors, right? The vibrations are really dampened. These are really light aircraft. And so wind can kind of buffer them a little bit. So if it's light air, like you don't have a lot of wind, these things will stay really, really steady. And I was able to make an eight second long exposure of a bridge here near my house. It's a cool suspension bridge that everybody in Portland, it's iconic. It's the St. John's Bridge. I was able to hover just off from the bridge after the sun had gone down and the lights of the cars going by. I was able to do a long light trail photograph, long exposure light trail photograph from a hovering drone that was eight seconds. The exposure was eight seconds and everything's sharp. It's incredible. Yeah. Now, when I went out to the yeah. coast, I, w- I did a bunch of top-down. I do love that top-down perspective that you mentioned. You're looking yes. straight down on something that's hard to do from the ground, right? So... Even if you're 50 feet up, looking down at something can be a really interesting perspective. And I hovered over these rocks and the waves were crashing over these rocks. And I did a two-second exposure and I got this really cool – I'll post some of these in the show notes – really cool water movement, uh, long exposure shots done with the drone. It's just – it's amazing. So It's amazing. We have this ability to make really creative shots. There are ways with the drones to do panoramas. So you can do wide angle, Mm -hmm. full immersive types of photographs. The manual controls on these drones allow us to use filters, uh, neutral density filters to create these long exposure shots in the middle of the day. You can use um, the manual controls and adjustable aperture and shutter speed, right? So this is just like a regular camera, but it's a tripod that you can park in the sky. It's just incredible. So the Mavic 3, just to mention some specs here, it's a micro four-thirds sensor. So it's the same size sensor that you would find in an Olympus, a Panasonic, uh, one of those smaller micro four-thirds camera systems. But it's attached to the front of this little drone that weighs just a couple of pounds. And it is a 24 millimeter lens, but it has a variable aperture. And I can go from, I think it's F4 to F11. And then it's got a variable shutter speed. And I can go from, I think, one one thousandth of a second down to eight seconds. 
So I have all this latitude. Plus you can change the ISO from 100 to I think 1600 or 3200 ISO. And so you have all this control that you would have with a real camera. But this one is parkable <laughs> anywhere you want. Yeah. And it can hover and make these photos. And for me... As a still photographer, I don't really use the camera much for video. I mean, it's got great video capabilities. But as a still photographer, it's an incredible creative tool. And so when you see me flying my drone, I basically am going to launch, get it up away from anybody that it might be bugging, and go mm -hmm. park it somewhere. And most of my drone flights, if you look at the maps, and it keeps a, keeps a record of the map, right, of where you flew, it's this string that goes out and then it just sits there. And there's this little dot as I move around and pan and tilt and I might go up and down and back and forth. But I usually create this little knot of, of lines and then I fly back. <laughs> and it's uh, really yeah. simple. What a great creative tool. And I find it to be really, really satisfying and really fun. But that's only if I'm not bugging people. If I look over and I, you know, if I'm flying lower, like you said, getting lower perspectives and it's mm -hmm. annoying people, I'll just bring it in. I'm like, now it's now it's not the time. I'll come back when there's nobody here. Um, maybe there'll be a better time for me to do this because it'd be just like me sitting on a Harley going, bram, bram, you know, and be like, what's wrong <laughs> with you people? Bram, bram. It's just yeah. not cool. That's not cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also want to mention a couple things. One, if you have a drone, the first time you fly it out over water is nerve wracking just because you've heard of all the stories of people whose drones have just fallen in the water. So you have to steal yourself for that, that possibility. You do. And the amount of courage it takes to send your thousand dollars out over the cliff or out over the water, wherever. And uh -huh. I've flown my drone in places where it's like, oh, I hope I get it. But, you know, there's been a few times where I've been like, I don't know if I'm getting it back. But I'll tell you, flying this new one, the safety features in the newer drones, and it's just been, a, this is three years uh, newer than my current drone, my, the Mavic 2. The advances in the safety features of this drone, if people understood I think the safety features of these drones, they'd also feel better about having them over them <laughs> or yeah. around them. Yeah. For one, this has binocular vision in 360 degrees. And so it has optical sensors. It has lenses pointed in all directions. And it is detecting objects and mapping them the distance from the drone. Anything within about 100 meters gets mm -hmm. mapped and tracked. And this drone, if I have all this stuff turned on, this drone will not hit anything. It will just, it'll yeah. just go around it. And it'll either stop or it'll go around. If I lose signal, which now the signal of this drone too, I can fly this thing miles away if there's not a lot of interference. Way beyond my yeah. visual line of sight, which is literally, literally miles away. Literally miles away, it will still have a signal back to the controller. Now in a city, you're a lot less distance. You got a lot more interference and all of that, but you're still going to have plenty of control interface. You're going to have plenty of signal back and forth that you can keep control of this drone and keep it in the air and not run into stuff. So mm -hmm. between the obstacle avoidance system and the more secure radio link between the controller and the drone, it's actually with this Mavic 3, it's actually really hard to crash it. It's You'd have to work at it. And yeah. it's not going to crash itself like the older drones would. That I haven't heard of anybody having problems with the newer systems of the drones just flying off. Used to be this flyaway problem where your drone would just lose <laughs> signal and just head off to its doom somewhere in a field. Yeah. With the Mavic 3, if it loses signal, it just says, I'm going to come home. I'm going to come back to where I mm -hmm. was launched from and I'm going to avoid obstacles on the way. So I'm going to fly between trees and around buildings and I'm going to come back and land right where I took off from. 
And yep. the, that's the, incredible. That's the other thing I was going to mention is that it has the capability to automatically return. Yes. And and to know when to return based on how much battery it has left. Mm-hmm. And I mean they're they're really smart about getting back to you, back to where where it took off. Um, and, and then you also touched on the other thing. The other other thing I was going to mention was distance and line of sight. Legally, you need to have the drone within line of sight Correct. or have somebody who can see it right. that you're in, in contact with. Well, they need to be uh, standing next to you. So if you're – Oh, you're, do they? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, you can't be on the phone with somebody who can see your drone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> that would be cool. Um, so yeah, that would be cool. That's a, it's a really important rule and I'll be honest, Jeff. It's a rule I, t- I do bend this rule. I know where my drone is. So here's a couple things I do to safeguard the drone because the, the intention of the rule is they don't want you flying your drone off somewhere where you can't see if other aircraft are going to come near it. That's mm-hmm. the big thing with the FAA is they don't want these people with their little flying toys getting getting them sucked into some jet engine somewhere and putting a, a passenger yeah. flight at risk. So thus all these rules about staying away from aircraft and about staying away from airports and all that. So the line of sight rule, the main reason for that line of sight rule is so you can observe where that drone is and not have any interactions with manned aircraft. The Mm -hmm. new rule that's coming towards the end of this year, and they're trying to work this out. The technology of this is tricky. And what they're going to have is a thing called remote ID. And so oh, yeah. everybody who's flying in that area, whether they're in a manned aircraft or in an, uh, flying another drone, is going to know where all the other drones are. You not only will be able to know where the drone is, you'll be able to know where the drone operator is. And it'll all show up on a map. And that's why the system is ah. taking a while to get implemented because the technology is, is going to be a big challenge. When remote ID is in place, drone pilots will have a lot more accountability, but you, hopefully it will unlock more freedom. So... Mm-hmm. Manned pilots will say, I, I, can, I know where all the drones are. They're on my screen here in my cockpit. I know they're lower than me. I know what altitude they are, what the, where they're headed, and how fast they're going. All of this information would be there. And then um, people on the ground, if they're like, hey, there's this drone that keeps flying over my house. Whose drone is that? They can go onto an app and look it up and see where the, the operator where is. is. Yeah. And so this mitigates some of those concerns that people have about being spied on. Because the anonymity of a drone goes away with remote ID. And I think yeah. that's, I think it's great. I can't wait for it to be implemented. I hope it's implemented well and that it works because it creates more opportunities for people to fly responsibly, but it also creates a lot more safety. The only times that I'm ever worried about other aircraft are low flying helicopters. And I don't want to hurt a helicopter. Mm-hmm. I don't want those people jeopardized by no. my drone. <laughs> and so knowing that they know where I am and I could see where they are is, would be really, 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 really uh, satisfying and peaceful for me. My stress yeah. level goes way down. But all of these other safety features that are already in place combined with remote ID makes sending these drones out to make great photographs a lot less stressful and a lot less dangerous and risky for anybody. People on the ground, people in the air, all of that. So that's one of the future things that I think that that we can really look forward to. The other things I want to kind of look ahead to with drones, because this is technology that's progressing rapidly, is I'm looking forward to getting better imagery out of them. You know, this Mavic 3 with its micro four-thirds sensor, it's a pro-level kind of camera now, Um, which I can't believe I'm saying that, right? Because up till this point... Even my Mavic 2 with a one-inch sensor, I'm like, it's still kind of a toy camera. It's not – I get it on the computer. I look at it. There's, there's some problems with the images. 
But Mm -hmm. the bigger the sensor, the better the lenses, the better this technology gets, the more we can use it for real photography. And that to me is super exciting because I love having the ability to park this camera anywhere. I've been so many times where I'm like, I just can't get the angle I want on that subject. Now, you know, we can do that. Yeah. The other thing I want to talk about with kind of the future of drone use and where we could be headed is the fact that drones are going to continue to get smaller and quieter. Even though the cameras are getting bigger and better, the drones are going to get smaller and quieter. And one of the things that people are kind of, depends on which camp you're in. If you're a drone operator, you're excited about this technology. And if you're somebody who doesn't like drones, you're anxious about this technology. The smaller and quieter a drone gets, the more unobtrusive it is, right? And so Mm -hmm. I would feel a lot better launching that at a park full of people as long as I'm not loitering over them. I get out over the river or get out over the water or the mountains or wherever and take my photos. If those people aren't even aware that I just launched my drone, that's going to open up my opportunities quite a bit. That technology is going to open up more responsibility on the part of drone operators because we need to be not crashing these things into the space needle and not crashing these things into people. There haven't really been that many incidents of people being hurt by drones. It's really quite uh, yeah. amazing how many drones are up and flying around and how few people have interacted with those drones. But there have been a lot of incidents of drones striking buildings and monuments and landing and crashing on top of things. And that's going to come back to pilots because the technology says, I don't want to crash. You know, if you turn that mm-hmm. stuff on, it's really hard to make that drone, get that drone into trouble and get yourself into trouble. If you disable that or you buy a drone that's not equipped with that technology, then you're jeopardizing everybody's right to fly. And that's, I think, concerning. I mean, you've had a lot more experience flying drones. My experience has been fairly limited in that I like having a drone. I like being able to use it occasionally. I am fully aware that the, the camera sensor in my original Mavic Pro it's not great, but it's not terrible either. I've made some really nice panoramas. Like I like using it for panoramas because that gives me more megapixels. I've really liked some of the imagery. Now, I will also say that because of my personal needs and the way I shoot photos, I've not really been able to justify upgrading to a newer drone. And that's fine. Like maybe at some point I'll have a business use for it or – you know, we'll we'll go on some trip where it would really benefit me to have a much better drone, and then I'll consider it. Right. But it's not something that I feel like I can ignore as a photographer. And we didn't even really touch on on some of the video stuff. There's really cool video stuff you can do. And over one overarching thought about this is you had drones as this sort of side niche thing. And they came into being with a lot of different uses. I mean, they're amazing, like agricultural scanning things that can be done with drones, like just truly amazing stuff. And now like a drone really is a photography tool. And I think that as a photographer, you need to consider it, whether it's for a a use that you have, like a, a business use or just to have fun. And if you're in an area that you can use it, because like you said, it gives you those angles and those perspectives that you just cannot get as a photographer. And whenever I put my drone up, I think of 
all the different ways that you see the same shots of the same things, you know that when someone is shooting that lighthouse or that shot of the Grand Canyon, you know where they're standing and they're standing there with a whole bunch of other people and everybody's seen that shot. And a drone gives you that opportunity to take a shot that nobody else has seen or nobody else has seen at that angle at that time of day, which is really exciting for a photographer. Yeah. So – yeah. They're super cool. I really like them. I just wish they weren't as burdened by all the regulations and things, although I, I totally get it. I'm not one of those like, oh, the government can't tell me what to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can say it like that because I was born and raised in Idaho. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> – but also just the people dealing with photographers and drone operators who are like, yeah, well, this, this doesn't apply to me and I can take whatever photo I want just – drives me up the wall and makes me realize that there are some people who they're going to ruin it for everybody. Yeah. And they already sort of have. Yeah. And they kind of have, you know, that's why you can't fly as much because of these folks. And so I, I think we should end on this thread because this is what we can do as drone operators, as people who appreciate drone photography and what drones can do for us creatively. I, I really want to talk about the things that we can do, especially in social media to improve drones pers- reputation. Maybe that's the best way to say that the reputation mm, of drones. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I read these comments that people ha- are making about this uh, state parks rule change, I-, I go, you know, I agree with you that the drone has, has the potential to be uh, really detrimental to happiness, but it also <laughs> has the potential to be really great. So how can we rectify those things? How can we put those things together? And educating people as to the positive side of drone photography, especially, is where that's at. So here's what I would like people to do. Here's your homework. If you see a drone photograph on Facebook or any other social media and people are commenting about how either it was unsafe to take that photo or it was inappropriate to take that photo and the drone operator made that photograph in in a proper way, in a respectful way. Stand up for him. Say, hey, wait a second. You know, that person has a right to take that photograph, and it's a great photograph. And they did Mm -hmm. it in a way that was respectful. And point out what was respectful about it and what you appreciate about it. People are pretty quick to to point out the problems with drones, but they're not quick to point out the, the positive attributes of drones. And I think that's unfortunate. One of the things that comes up a lot on social media, and I try to get in there and make comments, is people will say, you don't have a right to take my photo with that drone. Mm. You flew over that place and there's people down there. There's people in the photo and you don't have the right to take the photos of the people in the photo. And this this sort of falls into that street photography discussion where, yeah, people are out in a public place. There's no expectation of privacy here in the United States. And you can take their photo, even if it's from the air. Now, if they're sunbathing inside their backyard and you hover over them with the drone, you are violating the rules of that drone, right? You are not supposed to hover over people that are not participating in your project. So get out of there. Well, and, and, you know, and and also – that's just a dick move to do. It is. I mean, don't yeah. be a jerk. Don't be a jerk photographer. Seriously. Yeah, I, I have a friend that, you know, a good friend of ours that we were having this conversation and he was on a beach taking photos and a person kept hovering over him with the drone and it really bothered him. And he's a drone operator and he's like, that That was not right. And I, at, the, at that point, I'm like, well, I think it's okay if someone hovers over you. They're probably just making some video of you taking photos and stuff. But that, I wasn't, I don't want that. Annoyance, and I'm like, yeah, okay, I get it. And then I went and yeah. we we dug around in the rules, and sure enough, yeah, it's not okay. 
to hover over somebody. Mm. So just don't do it, right? And if somebody's doing that and you're a drone operator and somebody posts a photo or video of them doing something they shouldn't do with the drone, I think it's also appropriate for us to say, listen, as a responsible drone operator, I don't appreciate you posting this because you are creating an environment where people are going to not want drones. And if there's going to be rules made that restrict drone usage, it's going to be made at the local level. And it's going to be parks and school districts and people like that that are going to be closing those things off because people make a bunch of fuss about it. It's our job yeah. to sort of police our own. And hopefully that will that will help. I will say, though, that most people flying drones out there, they're not looking to harass people. They're not looking to spy. They're not looking to crash into anything because that's expensive. They're mostly just trying to figure out how to fly their drone and take some yeah. interesting photos. So. Uh, we could all do with just a little bit of appreciation for uh, the fun and the utility of, of good drone use. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, responsible drone use. Yeah. Good, responsible drone use. So to wrap this up, put a bow on this. We are going to post in the show notes for this episode, which are on photocombobulate.com. We're going to post a flow chart that shows you what is recreational flying and what is not and what the rules are for each. We're going to post some photos that we've taken with our drones. We're going to talk about resources that you can go to to learn about the new tests that you take. If you want to be a drone pilot, we're going to point you to some articles about drone safety and responsibility and all that good stuff. So it'll be a good general resource for anybody that's interested in drone use. Maybe you're already a drone pilot. This will be a good way to brush up on these things. If you're interested in getting a drone, this will help too. So photocombobulate.com. Excellent. Everybody, please remember that Photocombobulate is just Mason and I. We love doing this, and we would love it if you would send us a review. Actually, don't send us a review. Post a review. <laughs> review better. the podcast. <laughs> review the podcast. Give it a good rating. Spread the word. Share with your friends because we love doing this, and we want to keep doing this. Yeah. Let's, let's fly above the mountains with your drone no i'm let's buzz around and spread the word let's buzz let's oh let's spread the buzz oh okay yeah there we go there we go now you need to start your drone again no, i'm not gonna launch. don't start i promise don't I start do don't anything. don't launch your drone inside your your office again <laughs> no more inside flying <laughs> not really fun yeah all right thanks jeff it's good hanging right. out with you bud excellent thanks everybody